Welcome to We the People, a podcast giving a Christian perspective on news, politics, hot topics, and so much more. Hosted by Rodney Nesmith, worship pastor at New Life Fellowship in Lovelock, Nevada. This week, Rodney is joined by journalist and author Chadwick Moore, who just released his new book, Tucker, about Tucker Carlson. The latest episode of We the People will start right after this quick commercial break. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. And now it's time for We the People. Here's Rodney. Good evening, everybody. This is Rodney, your host of the We the People podcast. And man, we've got a great guest for you tonight. His name is Chadwick Moore. He is the author of the new book, Tucker. And he was a regular guest on the Tucker, Chris, Tucker Carlson show. And uh, welcome, Chadwick. And thank you for being here with us tonight. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Okay, first question I want to know is how you got this gig to write that book. <laughs> it, it's a great question. Uh, so, you know, I was a regular on Tucker's show, as you said, from basically mm -hmm. the, the whole run of the show. Um, I happened to be on the last episode of the show, April 21st, which none of us knew, obviously, was going to be the last episode. Right, right. Um, and my publisher, All Seasons, reached out to me. Uh, I had a relationship with um, the editor there, Harry Stein, and, and he had moved over to All Seasons and just called me up and said, this was about April last year, and said, um, you know, we want to do a book about Tucker Carlson. We think he's the most important and influential person in American politics. He needs a book. And I said, yeah, I agree. And they said, we want you to write it. And I was like, you know, very flattered and honored, but also <laughs> like, are you sure? Yeah, uh, right. And, are you sure you want me yeah, to do I'm this? like, you know, and uh, you know, this is a really important book. I think it's going to be. And yeah. you know, they, he said, you know, I love your writing style. And we want someone who has a relationship with Tucker. And mine being that I was on the show. So I was like, well, I don't know if that, you know, does that look weird? Cause like I'm a guest, I don't know. So I said, well, let me call Tucker and see what he thinks about it. And uh, I called him up and um, at that point I'd never spoken to him on the phone before. He'd texted mm -hmm. me a few times and, um, and I said, you know, I told him about the idea and he, he was, he said, he was like, oh, you know, I'm, he said, the first thing he said was, well, you know, I'm not very interesting. And he said, you know, I've never, uh, I've never, <laughs> yeah. He said, I've never cheated on my wife and I quit drinking 20 years ago and I'm kind of a boring guy. And I'm like, well, I don't think a lot of people think you're a boring guy. Tucker, no. but okay. And, um, and he was, he said, um, you know, he's like, well, I don't really read anything written about me ever. And I don't kind of like that attention. I said, okay, that's fine. And he's, and then we just were, kept talking. He said, you know, well, you know, you, you are a great writer and I like your stuff. And I'm, you know, I was very flattered to hear that. Mm -hmm. And he just said, sure, why not? Let's go for it. And ever since then, you know, I was just working on this book and, um, you know, my, my deadline for the book was actually, uh, January 31st, you know, in my mm -hmm. contract, I had to have the book done by then. And, right. um, I was only two months late, which isn't too bad for publishing. <laughs> I right. finished it, um, in March is when I sent off the final manuscript. 
And um, and then we were we were basically done. We were putting some final touches on it, and mm-hmm. uh, I had um, I had literally five follow up questions for Tucker that my editor was like, "Can you ask him more about this, 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 and this?" And um, it was that Monday that I was supposed to talk to him. The Monday that he got his show taken off the air, I was supposed to call him. We we're gonna wrap the book up. It was gonna be done. And right. then this happened, and I was like, you know, and then of course, the book had to be changed a lot, uh, right, but not right. too dramatic, not too not too drastically, to be honest. Well, that's that's amazing that it didn't have to be changed too drastically, but yeah. uh, but good for you, for sure. And uh, so, uh, as I understand it, you actually stayed some time with him in his house and got to know his family and all that kind of thing. Is that correct? Yeah, I was. Um, so he lives in uh, part time in Maine and part time in in Florida. Okay. And I got to spend time in both places. And um, yeah, when I when I went down to Florida, even I was I you know I had said uh, he's he, he's so open, and that was amazing because I was expecting I'm always trying to be very protective of his time and whatnot. Right, and when right. I asked when I could come down to Florida, he said, "Well, let me connect with my wife." Put me on a group chat with her, and I said, um, "Oh, is there a hotel nearby you recommend I should stay at?" And they were like, "Well, no, you're staying at the house, of course." And I was you know very surprised by that. And um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, they just were like, they were an open book for me, which was um, really wonderful. And uh, I'm, I'm an independent biographer. You know, this is not mm-hmm. an authorized biography in the sense that right, Tucker's right. not seen a word or asked to see a word. And he's, you know, trusted me uh, with this with this huge project, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, and that's amazing that he doesn't even want to look at it. You yeah. know, it, that just blows me away because most everybody else you would think would be like, I want to see it before it goes to publishing, right. you know, to make sure it's, I agree, you know, it makes sure it meets my approval and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he doesn't do any of that just kind of blows my mind. Oh yeah. He said, um, the last time I talked to him was for my last interview. So we, um, I added two new chapters to the book after his show was taken off the air, two mm-hmm. brand new chapters about the aftermath and how, right. what he was doing and how he was feeling. Uh, and then really um, all we had to do after we realized it was just go back and change the tense from present tense to past tense when we were talking about Fox News. So we didn't yeah. have to really change that much because this is just a small moment in his life. And this book is meant sure. to be about his life. But um, when I called up the last interview and I said, you know, well, we want to announce it on this date. He said, you know, he said, well, that's great. Congratulations. You know, I'm not going to read any of it because <laughs> like, I just don't read anything about me at all. And I said, no, I, I know I figured you wouldn't. But, you know, I, it, if someone I hope somebody maybe tells you about it and that they and that right, they, right. If they like it, <laughs> maybe your wife will read it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that. Susie might read it. Yeah, <laughs> she's a big reader. So maybe she might. <laughs> and you got you got to know his father. Is that true? That's right. Uh, Dick Carlson. Uh, he's awesome. uh, 82 now. Um, and D- he's he's a fascinating guy. He deserves a book of his own, to be honest. And he is uh, just a really colorful character uh, who is Tucker's you know greatest mentor and inspiration. And Tucker mm-hmm. repeatedly says that. Um, Tucker got into journalism for the most medieval of reasons, and that's because his father was one. And mm-hmm. uh, Dick was um, also had a really interesting life. He was he was an orphan. Uh, he was adopted at a young age from um, an orphanage in Boston that was called uh, the Home for Little Wanderers, which was founded oh, wow. as an orphanage for um, uh, the children of people, of soldiers killed in the Civil War. That's how old it was. Wow. And um, he is just a really tough, interesting guy. And you can really see how his um, his his life and his life journey and his perspective has shaped who, who Tucker is. Mm-hmm. And just Tucker, Tucker has kids, correct? Uh, yes, he has four children. Uh, they're all okay. uh, in their in their twenties now. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. they're not at home. 
No, not at home. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have the empty nest. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and uh, uh, so tell, tell me a little bit about his wife. What's his wife like? Sure. Susie is uh, such a delight. Um, she So they met when uh, they've been together since they were 15 years old. Oh, and wow. uh, I know, which is amazing. And um, Susie's parents did not approve of Tucker at first. And uh, <laughs> they met in, uh, in high school. And when they graduated high school, Susie's parents said, uh, you need to break up with that Tucker Carlson boy. He's no good. Uh -oh. And uh, they started secretly dating through college. She went to Vanderbilt and he went to Trinity. And, um, and then after college, they, both of them didn't graduate college. And instead, they decided they just wanted to start life. Mm -hmm. And um, and then Susie had to have the conversation with her parents and say that I've been with Tucker Carlson this whole time and, and we want to get married. Um, and I remember her saying, I had to say his full name when I talked to my parents, Tucker Carlson, <laughs> because I didn't think they'd remember who he was. Right. Uh, but oh, she's a delight. Me, I, I trust me. I bet her dad did. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> and she's great you know the funny thing about um, also the unexpected about tucker and Susie is um they don't own televisions they and they don't watch television at all wow uh, and Susie has never seen the show uh but she reads his monologues or read past tense read yeah, his monologues right. every night you know she's and she is his biggest supporter and biggest cheerleader um awesome. they had such a lovely wonderful relationship it was really um in, really inspiring to to see that. I mean, they have so much love for each other. They've been together for so long. It was really a, a wonderful thing to see. Okay. Now what everybody wants to know, what kind of a person is Tucker off TV? <laughs> <laughs> he, he is, if, if you've been around a lot of television people, which I unfortunately have, uh, right. you know, this might not surprise your listeners to know that sometimes people in TV are kind of jerks and have egos. No, I know. Can you believe that? Like who would have thought, who would have thought that the television industry is yeah. so egomaniacs? Um, yeah, right. He is, he's, he's supremely grounded. He, he very early in his television career, he had a lot of mentors and, and even just people who approached him, people like um, Larry King approached him mm -hmm. and gave him advice. And among, and his father also gave him this advice when he was a child, because his father was on television as well in um, uh, San Diego and local news. Okay. And, um, and the advice was essentially like, don't let any of this go to your head. And Tucker really has stuck to that. Um, one of my favorite details about him and that I write about in the book and something that he told me and that I witnessed firsthand is he said to me that his, uh, during his commute to work, um, either in Maine or in Florida, mm -hmm. he has to be able to see the stars in Maine. He commutes by boat, by a little boat. Mm -hmm. And in, um, uh, Florida, it's by a golf cart and he's taken the roof off the golf cart. And he said that he has to be able to see the stars because it reminds him that of his own insignificance. He has a, he had a job at Fox where the job title is basically your God and people are mm -hmm. tuning into you because you are right. Everyone else is wrong. You know, what's going on. And he has made a conscious effort to, to not let anything like that go to his head. And he said, he needs to look at the stars to remind it of his own insignificance and mm -hmm. that he's just another human being on the planet. And when he's gone, the world will still keep spinning. Um, so he, he's gone through great efforts to, not only tune out his, his wife as well, it's not only tune out the hatred that, that comes their way incessantly, but also yeah. that kind of um, praise that could go to your head. Mm -hmm. um, he, aside from that, he is a, he's a writer's dream subject because he loves to talk and he could talk for hours and he's hilarious. And, uh, and he's not someone who lets um, 
politics controls life. There's some people you meet, especially in, in this world, political journalism and politics, sure. that you know, all they can talk about is politics. It's the right. only thing they care about. And he's certainly not like that. Uh, he can really talk about anything. I mean, obviously, a lot of things can be drawn back into political significance. Sure, but sure. He's, his interests are very, are very uh, varied and deep, which is wonderful in which, you know, I wouldn't have written a book about, I would have wanted to write a book about a cable news host if I didn't think right. that I was going to find a, a real rich human being in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, well, you know, from watching his show, I kind of got the impression that he was a kind of a funny guy because you could yeah. see his humor come out in his show, you know, the way he would say something and then he'd just start laughing about it. And I, I thought, I always found that pretty humorous that, well, wow, he doesn't take all this as, you know, deadly serious as some other people do, <laughs> you know, like it's life and death right now. And uh, I always found that very refreshing about him. And I always felt like he was really honest, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Y yeah. You're really getting at something um, like really deep and important about his success. And, you know, it's like when you look at cable news, it's the whole thing. I mean, all of television, but it, especially cable news, the whole thing is artifice. It's mm -hmm. all fake. And you look yeah. at how cable news is now, whether you're talking about Fox or MSNBC, there's so many bells and whistles. It's so highly produced. Mm -hmm. And you get the sense about the personalities. And I think one of the reasons why Tucker was so popular is that he did have that connection with this audience that you just described. That mm -hmm. people were like, this guy's speaking from a heart and giving it to me as it is. Right. And uh, it, it was you can't imitate that. You know, that's 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 true talent, yeah, but also that's it's honesty. something you can't fake because if you're faking it, people will get it. They, they may not get it right away. Yes. But at some point, they will understand. Go, nah, this guy's not being. This guy's not real. He's being fake. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell when someone's having the strings pulled. And I don't think mm -hmm. anyone ever accused Tucker Carlson of that. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what people loved about him. Right. You know, that's what people loved about his show. That's why his show was so popular, is because they knew they were going to get a straight shooting, straight shooter. They knew they were going to get the truth, and he was being honest. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that his departure from Fox has really shown a light on just how important he was. I mean, he it, mm -hmm. it's pretty clear now he was propping up the entire network and, and I would even say artificially extending the life of cable news. Because yeah. people who normally don't watch cable news were tuning in just for him. He was mm -hmm. attracting an audience that normally wasn't there, especially young men. That was a huge part yeah. of his audience who certainly wouldn't normally be watching cable news. They're listening to podcasts like yours or they're on right. Twitter and um, and now we're seeing the effect of that. Uh, and um, yeah, it's 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 pretty astounding to watch it happen. And what I find interesting is the fact that you know his show was on at five o'clock my time, and uh, but his departure has affected the ratings on from morning till night. Yeah, I mean it's affected the ratings of every show on Fox News and. I'll be honest, I wasn't an avid Fox News watcher since they announced early for an election result that wasn't done yet. Mm -hmm. um, but um, but I did like to watch Tucker. Um, and so I kind of, you know, dumped Fox except for Tucker. And uh, so, but with him gone now, it's like, why would I turn on Fox? Yeah. What's the, there's nothing there for, I want to see. And I think that was a huge, I think there were a lot of viewers, I mean, millions of people now apparently that especially with what you described that election situation 
That was sort of one of many instances where Fox had really offended their audience and really yeah. betrayed their audience mm -hmm. and kind of revealed, you know, I think every Fox News watcher and every conservative and libertarian minded person uh, would, you know, they knew Fox was this big globalist evil corporation like most of them are. Oh, yeah. But they gave it a pass because they're like, well, they have Tucker on and they let Tucker say this stuff. So mm -hmm. maybe they're not that bad or, you know, but if they have Tucker right. on, they can't, you know, at least they're doing that for us, no matter what mm -hmm. they're doing behind the scenes or what horrible calls they've made in the past. But then once they got rid of him, people were like, what on earth am I doing here? You know, this yeah. just summed up everything. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think they saw that coming. Management did not see that well, coming at all. I know I didn't see it coming. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. Um, when, you know, I, of course, everybody heard about the lawsuit with, uh, you know, the voting company and all that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, I don't say everybody, but I think a lot of people kind of assumed that his departure was tied to that lawsuit in some manner. And um, do you think that's the case or do you have some info that points that direction? I know there's speculation galore. I, I think it's, it, I mean, it's probably certainly fact that it was tied to that situation of the lawsuit, right? So mm -hmm. whether it was... Fox News just had to pay out $760 million and mm -hmm. someone at the top, one of the Murdoch said, we need to do a grand gesture to get everyone in line and scare the crap out of everyone at Fox. So <laughs> right. let's get rid of our biggest host just because we can. Um, yeah. That's a possibility. The other is, which was already out there, was that it was a condition of the settlement. And mm -hmm. that's some more terrifying um, uh, uh, reality if it were to be true. Dominion's right. obviously denied that, uh, and Fox has denied that. I don't have... Um, well, of like, course they're going to. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, I don't have, like, I haven't seen any documents. I don't have proof. I haven't sure. talked to the Murdochs. But the people I have talked to who've been completely honest with me up until this point about the book mm -hmm. can relay to me that that was the reason, and they said it with great assurance. Uh, but that's all... I know, um, it, but mm -hmm. it's clearly around this situation. Um, and, you know, we, we did a video on Twitter saying this, where I basically said, this is what my sources have told right. me. This information was already sort of out there in the ether anyway, and news reports yeah. were writing about it. And then Tucker's Twitter account retweeted my video saying that, and he had no idea that I was going to do that, you know? <laughs> so right. that, that was, I mean, we were so shocked, like, oh my gosh, Tucker, like, he, so people can make of that what they want that Tucker's Twitter account right. retweeted that, but right. Yeah. And I also find it interesting, you know, everybody says Tucker was fired. He's been fired. Actually, he has not been fired and he's still getting paid. Is correct. that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. The last time I spoke to him, uh, which was maybe two weeks ago, um, he said, well, I just got my paycheck today from Fox, his normal paycheck. <laughs> he's, so he's, he's being paid to not have a program. He's being paid right. to be be silent basically i mean that's really scary stuff uh and his contract uh runs until december 2024 which is one month after the next presidential election mm. so it, you know if someone wanted him to be silent until then this would be one way to do it uh yeah. i understand that he's not from him but from what i've read in the papers that he's um lawyering, lawyering up to get out of this uh contract that's um, kind of the rumors that i've heard as well i mean not that i'm that well connected but i mean i've read enough a lot you know read enough and heard enough because i do listen to other podcasts and go to hear that you know he's probably gonna 
fight Fox on this contract to try to get out of it so he can get on with whatever else he wants to do. Yeah. And he's, um, you know, when I, when I spoke to him, um, he, he's, he's, a, he's a very upbeat, happy, high energy, high self-esteem guy. And he, at first when I talked to him, you know, he was very shocked and confused, but he wasn't yeah. depressed or feeling badly. And he said, you know, I hadn't, if I'd done something wrong, if I had messed up in some big yeah. way, I'd probably feel really bad. But he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, I know that this was out of my hands. So how can I feel mm -hmm. badly? And he's right. mostly just frustrated by the fact that he can't work because he loves his job and he loves connecting with his audience. Oh, that and, was obvious. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is obvious. really kind of driving him nuts is that he's he's being silenced right now yeah. by, you know, the corporation that talks about free speech all the time and censorship. Right. Mm -hmm. And they've kind of... Uh censored him and shut him up in a way in a, without even firing him <laughs> yeah which is even scarier <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you know it's it's crazy when corporations like that can have that much power over somebody especially somebody like tucker like who like you said loved his job loved to talk about his whatever he's talking about on a show and they can just go oh we're just going to take you off there we're not going to fire you but we're not going to get let you have your voice either you know, that's that is to me is just crazy. It's it's so crazy, and it's, um, I mean, basically everyone at Fox has that. And but Tucker's contract, I knew I haven't seen Tucker's contract, but I just know from dealing with him and people at Fox was one of the much more loose contracts because most people at Fox, and you'll notice this if you start paying attention, like they are not allowed to appear anywhere. Their voice can't be heard on anywhere. Their image can't appear right. anywhere if it's not a news corp property they can't appear on any podcasts they can't give any speeches mm -hmm. um and tucker didn't have that in his contracts just because he was always out there talking to people so mm -hmm. but in, in, a good note from what i understand is and what someone told me is that fox didn't have the foresight to include twitter in their non-compete clause of his contract <laughs> which is why he announced that he's going to do yeah, a show on where twitter did he show up yes and where did he show up was on twitter <laughs> so that is what i've heard that they did not include twitter they never thought twitter would be a competitor and mm -hmm. um, and that's why he announced that he's going to show up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he's 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 just kind of a normal guy, though, right? I mean, he's just, you know, a normal family kind of guy that, you know, had happened to be on TV. He Yeah, he really is. He he got his start in um, writing. He was a writer, a magazine writer and, and a really, really good writer. I, it's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to go back and read his old journalism because he's a supremely talented writer. Hmm. And he is, you know, the, a lot of people say like, oh, he grew up um, in this, you know, aristocratic family. And th there's all these rumors out there about that. Not really. It, it was like, he went to, he went to prep school, boarding school, um, which mm -hmm. is not cheap. And most people can't afford that. But sure. his upbringing was very much um, his, his mother was uh, a California heiress from one of the wealthiest families in San Francisco. Oh. But she uh, abandoned her family when Tucker was six years old. And he mm. never saw her again after that. She wow. wanted to be a, a, a hippie and a freewheeling spirit. She got into drugs and alcohol really badly. And wow. um, she died in uh, 2011. And he never saw her since uh, he was six years old. And mm. his um, father was, um, you know, he's a journalist. I mean, journalists don't make a lot of money and they they lived comfortably they lived okay but they were like yeah. eating at denny's and mcdonald's and sure um you know his dad never thinks of themselves as growing up super rich or privileged um tucker is very much like you can tell he's a guy that likes what motivates him more than anything you know aside from his wife and his children 
-hmm. is he just really, he's one of those people that really feeds off connecting with people. Like he really feeds off interaction. Like that motivates him so much. And it's probably why he's so good at his job. Yeah. And on top of that, like he's a big nature lover. Like he loves nature. On paper, he sounds like like uh, like a dirty hippie. Like he doesn't wear deodorant <laughs> or socks. He loves trees. He loves the Grateful Dead. Uh, but and but he loves nature, which is one reason why the the climate people um, aggravate him so much because they don't uh -huh. do anything to actually beautify the planet or preserve nature. It's all it's very true. corruption, and you know how that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's all money driven. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it fascinates me that uh, that he that he's like that. I, I just find that hilarious. Oh, it's because, so funny <laughs> because you know you wouldn't you know you watch his show you probably wouldn't get that vibe necessarily from <laughs> it, and then to find that out, it's actually pretty funny. Oh yeah, yeah. He also uh, doesn't eat vegetables. He's anti-vegetable. He calls it poison. Oh, I love him even more. Now. Yeah, he hasn't touched it. But he said to me uh, when he went away to boarding school, he was finally on his own, and he said he made two decisions. He was never going to eat a vegetable again, and he was going to consume as much nicotine as possible now that he was on his own. <laughs> and he still lives by that. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah I, I, could, I, you know what's hilarious about you calling, if people didn't know he'd be a dirty hippie, we have a place that we like to get coffee from, and we're in rural Nevada, so Fallon, Nevada is about 45 minutes from us, and uh, there's a little coffee local coffee shop a one shop place called telegraph coffee they have a coffee drink called the dirty hippie <laughs> <laughs> and so when you said that i mean my mind just went ping i, I know yeah i know I know. <laughs> I know exactly i'm getting my cup there tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that's funny oh man so did now i've i've heard that he had for his show complete autonomy to do whatever he wanted to and talk about whatever he wanted on his show. Is that true? He did. Uh, he had no, he had no one looking over his shoulder. Uh, he had no executives approving a script. He wrote all those monologues that he's so famous for, you know, it was awesome. appointment television. He mm -hmm. wrote those all himself and you can tell that that's really him in there. Um, mm -hmm. And then when he's reading them, there's a lot of, I noticed cause I would sit and watch his show live, you know, in the studio and he would ad lib a lot, which is a lot of those jokes that you were talking about earlier oh, and yeah. coming through. Yeah, he would yeah. be in the middle of the script and think of something funny and say it on air. But uh -huh. um, he had no one looking over his shoulder. And I asked him, you know, about pressure. I think, I think, uh, like, no matter what, if you're working for a massive corporation like News Corp, there's always things in your back of your mind that you know you're just not going to touch or talk about. Yeah. Um, right. But, you know, um, or just a way you're going to approach things that's a little mm -hmm. more in line with that. But um, I asked him specifically about, that and uh you know one of the things was the ukraine war and and he said you know specifically the murdochs are super pro zelensky and tucker's very anti-war and and anti-zelensky and mm -hmm. um and he said that you know they lachlan murdoch tucker was coming under a lot of heat in february 2022 over his position on the war and he said lachlan sure. murdoch came to my house and had dinner with me and he said basically you know we disagree very strongly on this we're on opposite sides but I'm not going to tell you how to run your show or what to say. And Tucker said to me that he was, you know, super grateful for that. And oh, he, yeah. he was very blessed to have a boss that would allow him to do that. Um, so, and he's, he still, after um, the two times I've talked to him uh, since the show was taken off the air, he, he had nothing bad to say about Fox. He's like super gracious. Um, he's not talking trash about his former employees or coworkers. Like he had nothing but nice things to say. He just felt kind of hurt and confused. Yeah. And see, that to me says a lot about him as a person, because 
I mean, let's face it, he kind of had reasons to be bitter and and angry and yeah. all of those things. And for him to not be and still have nice things to say about Fox and whatnot, that, that says a lot about him as a person. At least yeah. to me it does. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, it's it, it must be very difficult. I mean, a lot of us would, would have you know, lots of things to say we'd probably regret later. And he, mm -hmm. and, and it just, I know I would. He did the moment. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't, he was, um, he was, he was, he was such a gentleman about the whole thing. Um, and, you know, he said that, you know, Fox had, had just slandered him in the pages of the New York times and say, said he was mm -hmm. fired for being racist or some tweet that was oh, not racist brother. or not tweet text message. And, um, and he just said like, he said, I don't understand why they would do that to me. Why would they kick me on the way out? That's very hurtful. You know, I don't deserve yeah. that is what he said. And that was, mm -hmm. you know. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest here. I heard this. I actually heard you on another podcast. I think it was last week. Last week or maybe the week before. And I think it was on Liz Wheeler's show. Uh-huh where you were talking about the book and talking about being at Tucker's house and all this kind of stuff from, you know, and, and being around his family and all that kind of thing. And you told a story about how he came out for breakfast one morning and sitting and his hair all jacked up and he was in his underwear and he sat there and talked about a tree. Yes. <laughs> Am I, did I hear that story correct? Yeah, I could even I'll give you even more details. So he comes oh, out in the morning, oh. as he did most mornings. Um <laughs> and his and his underwear was um it's just a cute detail, so I have to tell it. It was um mm -hmm. like a like a spaniel pattern because he loves spaniels. He has four uh -huh. spaniels, and so of course he had spaniel pattern boxer shorts. Oh, that's and funny. um and we're sitting down and we had a cup of coffee and um I think I had asked what this one tree was in his garden. This was in Florida mm -hmm. and it was a Norfolk Island pine pine. And then, and then he gets all goes off on trees and they start talking about his favorite trees and you know, the cool trees versus the, the not cool trees and which trees are badass and which ones <laughs> are, you know, loser trees. Oh, it was man. so funny. I, I was like, I want to put every word of this in the book. Right. Of course my, editor, my tape recorder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to hear more about the Eastern white pine <laughs> and which is his favorite tree, the Eastern white pine. And um, uh, and then he gave me the whole history of the Eastern White Pine, what it, what, how the British Navy used the Eastern White Pine, what oh it's like word. when you walk into a forest and you see an Eastern White Pine sitting there, and that I think is a good kind of synopsis of who he is as a person when he's just waking up in the morning and and, and that's what we're talking about, and he couldn't be more excited or interested than talking about Eastern White Pines. That um, is hilarious. <laughs> I, I knew at that point that that I, this was going to be a really, really fun book for sure. Right, right. And you knew at that point, boy, am I getting the real person or what? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I even said to him, he, you know, at some point he's like, I'm sorry I keep talking about this. And I'm like, Tucker, I would way more be rather be talking to you about trees and like Trump versus DeSantis. I mean, can we talk oh, more yeah. about trees, please? You know? yes. Yeah. Or your dogs. Or, or your whatever. dogs. Yeah. Or your dogs or, you know, yeah. Spaniels or pheasant hunting. Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard a clip. Um, he was fishing somewhere and he was kind of, he was off by himself just fishing and somebody came up to him and started recording him. And uh, you could tell from the clip that I heard that the guy was going to, was trying to bait him into saying something, you know, that he could really blast him for with this recording. And uh, at one point, Tucker even asked him, are you recording me? And, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's all, oh, oh, okay. 
And so the guy just started just asking him, you know, well, you know, what are you doing? Well, I'm fishing, you know, I'm just kind of enjoying nature. And this, he totally disarmed the guy just by talking to him. And there was never anything salacious that even came out of it, which I thought I find kind of really hilarious because the guy came there trying to just get something, you know, to oh, that yeah. he could put out in the universe to just, you know, this was Tucker Carlson. He's not the guy he pretends to be and blah, blah, blah. And Tucker just totally disarmed him. Oh, yeah. And that was in um, Central Park. I remember that. Video. Yeah. So you, you can imagine exactly. the kind of person that was trying oh, to yeah. get something on Tucker. And um, uh, yeah, that's a good estimation of, of kind of how he is in real life, especially, you know, with, with someone like that, um, when he knows someone's out to get something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're hard pressed to find anyone, um, even in liberal media, who's met him in real life that doesn't have nice things to say about him, even if they despise his opinions. Um, mm-hmm. because he's just a nice guy. And uh, actually, to be fair, I've heard the same thing about Rachel Maddow, and I've heard that from conservative people. And, and she got her start on Tucker's show, to be honest, on his show on mm-hmm. MSNBC. Um, that people have said to me, like, oh god, I hate her. She said she's awful, but in real life, she's a nice person, kind of like Tucker, <laughs> which is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, Rachel Maddow, I might not have thought that about, but <laughs> neither would I, to be honest. And 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 yeah. really, she was really um really, really polite to me when I reached out to her for an interview. Um, and I was really surprised about that. And a lot of lefties were, as you can imagine, not yeah. polite at all. And, and yeah, or yeah, if they even sure. bothered to respond. Right, right. And I, you know, it's funny because I also saw Tucker in another position like that where he was, I want to say Montana, and he was in a store and some guy approached him and somebody was recording this and was not a Tucker fan, I'll put it that way, and kind of started ripping into him. And Tucker just kind of goes, you know, dude, I'm on vacation here with my family and I really don't want to, you know, get into anything, you know, away from the show and this and that. And he was really good at just taking the tension out of that situation because it could have gotten very tension filled very quickly, all depending on his reaction to how that guy approached him. And the guy approached him kind of aggressively, and but he really handled that situation really, really well. Yeah, I, I recall that video too. It was, it was uh, that one was way more unnerving to watch than the yeah. Central Park one because you thought this guy was going to try to slug him or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, guy was yeah. aggressive. Yeah, yeah, it was super aggressive. And yeah, but Tucker the, the same way. He he handled him really well. I mean, he can't, you know, he can't go anywhere really. I mean, I think that's oh. It's one yeah. of the reasons why he loves Maine so much because where they are in Maine is in the middle of nowhere and he really can just be totally free. Um, right. Anywhere else he is, he's, you know, because he, he's mobbed either by people who want to give him adoration or, or, or those types of people. Um, you know, he had to leave, he had to leave his home in DC because, for that very reason, because his home was attacked by Antifa. That's why they left. Uh, they used wow. to live in Washington, DC. And after the Antifa attack in um, uh, November, 2018, they were done and they went to Maine and, and then now do part-time in Florida also. Yeah. I had never heard that his, he, his home was attacked. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was really bad. He was, um, uh, he was at work. He was at Fox at the Fox mm-hmm. bureau in DC. And, um, but Susie, his wife was home and she, they were trying to bang down the door and wow. there was a huge mob outside. Uh, and she was hiding in, you know, a pantry and, uh, yeah, it was really, really bad enough to make them leave their home. Wow. Well, yeah, I don't blame him. I really yeah. don't because let's face it, Antifa is a little whacked out. They're yeah. all out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, man, I I can't wait to read this book. When's it come out? Well, thank you. Um, it's uh, it's available for pre-order now, and it it gets released July 18th. 
So if you order it now, then you'll have it delivered to your door on July 18th. Um, you can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, or you can, if you don't want to give your money to Jeff Bezos, you can order direct from the publisher. Um, all the information and links are at tuckerthebook.com. Um, okay. so you can or from the publisher there, you can find out more about the book. You can get links to Amazon and stuff like that at uh, tuckerthebook.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, you know what, Chadwick? I, I thank you for this time you've given me because this has been, it's been fun. It's been informative and uh, gives everybody a little more insight into Tucker and who he is and what he's about. And, uh, and I can't wait to see him on the air again, personally. I don't know when that's going to be or where, but uh, I'm sure everybody will know about it. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's going to break the internet again. Definitely. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So, man, I thank you very much, and thank you for writing the book and, you know, putting all in a lot of effort and uh, and time, obviously. Didn't you say it took you like a year? Yeah, we've been working on it for a year, a little over a year now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, I admire your dedication. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. It was, it was such a pleasure to talk with you, and I hope we can do it again Yeah, sometime. and you know what? Uh, for all of our listeners and subscribers out there, man, share this podcast, share it, spread it around and uh, get it out there to as many people. You know what, Tucker deserves some good press and uh, seems that you'd like he's a good guy and you deserve some press as well. And uh, so Chadwick, for me and for my listeners from We The People, we thank you for being on and thank you for your time tonight. We appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. You bet. Have a good night and uh, take care. All right, you too, bye-bye. <laughs>